welcome back to the Get Up and Glow podcast. I am your host and my name is Becca and I'm the owner of Be Strong. I am here to help you nourish your health, your mind and your happiness. So without further ado, let's jump on into this week's episode. First of all, a massive welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you joining me today and I'm really excited for this week's topic. So I'm going to be delving into why you need to make sure that you're having more fun in your life, especially to support your food relationship because food freedom and having fun both go hand in hand and I'm going to go through exactly why today. I am also going to delve a little bit into what Reiki actually is, completely different topic but I've had a few questions on my Instagram recently all about Reiki and what it is and how it works so I wanted to jump on today and just answer that question as well. So if you are, you are somebody who's wondering a bit more about Reiki, what it is, and you just want to know a little bit more information, then you will also learn that through today's episode. So two different topics, very excited, and we are going to jump on into it. But, but quick disclaimer though, if you do hear a noise, Charlie is in my office today and he's very fidgety, but he does not know how to stop still. So if you hear like a thud or some like little tip taps going around, um, it's just the dog. So do not worry. But let's get on into the episode. I'm going to go through this week's crystal before I get on into all of the topics for this week. So this week I've actually brought along malachite. Such a lovely crystal. I freaking love the colour of malachite. The greens on this crystal give me life. It's so freaking stunning. But I've brought this along today because malachite is great for flushing out toxic toxic emotions and unwanted energy. And I just feel like this fits perfectly within the episode talking about Reiki, but also as well about letting go of some of that toxic energy and allowing in more of that fun and the abundance to support your food relationship. So we've got malachite today and let's jump on into all of the information. So first thing I'm actually going to answer is a question about Reiki. So if you are someone who's a little bit interested or curious about knowing a bit more about Reiki, listen for the next few minutes um if not skip the next few minutes and you can go into the rest of the detail so what is reiki um is the first i'm going to go through reiki in like a nutshell and i could talk about it ages but in a nutshell because i want to try and keep it brief it's a form of energy healing so it is an a holistic health technique um and it's all about um holistic ways of being so reiki is a form of energy healing and The motto of everything is, is that every single one of us will have unseen universal life force energy. So we've got this life force energy like flowing through us every day. Obviously, we can't see it. So you've got it. Susan down the street's got life force energy. I've got it. We all have it. And if your universal life force energy is low and it's blocked, you may notice things like um, illness, you might even notice like physical pain in certain areas, you may notice more stress, more overwhelm, more unhappiness, because your energy, and once again, as beings, we are physical beings, but we're also energetic spiritual beings, and this is where Reiki comes in, because we all have energy within us, so if it's blocked, more unhappiness, illness, all of those things can come about. If our life force energy is higher and it's balanced and it's been unblocked, that's when you will notice more health and more happiness. You'll probably feel more grounded, stress management is better, just feeling more abundant and happier. 
And this is what Reiki relates to, because basically all it is, is a form of energy healing to help heal your universal life force energy, so you can feel more balanced and more relaxed and just a more happier overall being. It works with your energy and that's why it's a form of holistic health. So, like I say, if your energy has become stagnant or it's become blocked, this can then impact things like physical pain, emotional blockages. And Reiki acts as a way to unblock your energy to help the energy flow and be more balanced so you can feel happier. So, also another thing that we have in Reiki works with our chakra system. So you have, if you know about chakras, this will make a bit more sense, but it's something a little bit new to you. We have seven points down our body, which is our chakra systems. And this is where energy points are. So for example, we've got our sacral, we've got our heart, we've got our third eye, our crown, we've got seven different points. If these are blocked specifically, it can lead to certain issues within those areas. So an example might be if your sacral um, chakra is blocked, you might find it hard to now tap into your intuition. You might be finding it hard to listen to your gut. You might even be having gut problems because you've got some blocked energy there. So as you can see, these different points will play a part. When the energy is unblocked in these areas, if it is blocked and you have more free flowing energy through you, you will feel a lot happier. And that is what Reiki is all about. Reiki itself is administered through laying on hands to unblock your energy and it's all about using hands. So myself as a Reiki practitioner, during my Reiki training, my Reiki training, I went through something called an attunement, which basically means that I'm now attuned to administer Reiki to people and I'm able to use the hands-on technique to unblock energy. The even more freaking fantastic thing about Reiki, and if you follow my Instagram, you know at the moment I'm offering distant Reiki, is Reiki can be done with distance. It can be done in person, but it can also be done with distance because it's all about universal life force energy, which we all have. And it's all about the energy we've got. Reiki can be done at distance because like I say, the practitioner myself in this example has gone through the attunement, which means I'm able to tap into other people's life force energy and send Reiki to people and be able to basically get a feel for your energy blockages, even if I'm not actually with you. And that is why Reiki is so freaking fantastic. So it is all about laying on hands and that can also be done at a distance as well. And this is why Reiki is absolutely fantastic. So that's predominantly what Reiki is, how it works. What you have to do through Reiki is just like, I predominantly say lie down, um, allows you to get into more of a relaxation and just close your eyes, do deep breathing and just enjoy that moment, then I will do the energy healing work that you need through that session. My best thing that I always say with Reiki, especially if it's something new to you as well, is don't go into a Reiki session with specific expectations because the Reiki will give you what you need in that moment, not what you always want. Maybe you go into the session thinking, oh, I want to release loads of emotional trauma today, but you actually have more of a relaxation Reiki. That's what you needed in that moment or vice versa. Maybe you went into it to relax and something actually came up for you emotionally. That's what you needed in that moment. So Reiki will give you what you need, not what you always want, but what you need is the thing that 
your energy, your body knows that you need in that moment and the Reiki supported you to bring that to the surface to help you on your journey of growth. And that is all about how Reiki works. In particular, because I know a few of the questions that was asked was around distant Reiki and what happens. Like I've just explained with how it can happen in distance and I'm able to tap into energy. That is predominantly what it is. And all you would do in your comfortable space of your own home or wherever you are is have a quiet, comfortable space just to basically lie down and do deep breathing, kind of like you were meditating. Your experience through Reiki can be very individual. Some people see colours, some people see certain images, some people relax. It's super individual to you. And um, this also from my end, we can either be on a Zoom call together or we don't have to be and you can just be relaxing while I'm doing um, the Reiki for you as well and then after every Reiki session you will get a post Reiki report from myself so I will audio note you afterwards with everything that came up if you book for a card reading as well I'll send that over um, and then prior to the Reiki session I just make sure that you are relaxed you're comfortable whether that be via message or via zoom depending of what we decide so there's many ways to really ensure that you get the most from your Reiki session if it is something that is new to you because I've been there as well where like I've not had Reiki before and it was my first time doing it it can be something different if you've not had energy healing work before but I always say give it a go and see how you find it because I felt the same at one point and now I thank so freaking much to Reiki for the way that it supported me especially with my mental health and my uh, relaxation but also my emotional healing any other questions on Reiki please just dm me on instagram or drop me an email the um all of those are in the show notes i'm more than happy to answer any questions no question is a silly question is my number one motto and i can answer those for you if you are wanting to try a session whether you want a distant reiki session um, a card reading session or both then the link to book for a session is in the show notes as well and then i can get you booked in for your session and you can join the magical world of reiki so the next topic that I want to go through is why you need to make sure that you're having more fun specifically to support your food relationship. So if you're someone right now who's on a journey of healing your food relationship, you're really wanting to shape more food freedom, you're really working on just being at more peace with food, then you're going to need this part of the episode as well. If you experience emotional eating, um, binge overeating cycles, food guilt, you're obsessing over numbers and macros and it's taking over your whole entire life, then I've got something to tell you. And it's really, really gonna help you out on your journey. So, and that is all about this principle of having more fun and having more fulfillment. Before I go through why specifically it supports your food relationship, we need to have a quick conversation around having fun and fulfillment. And I had this conversation actually the other day I did a um, day retreat on Saturday and I had a conversation during that and also with one of my clients yesterday. And it was all about this idea, and maybe you can relate as well, that you know when you go into adulthood, I feel like sometimes, like within like society expectations, there's this like expectation that you have to be really serious and really strict and like everything just needs to be put together all the time in adulthood. And I felt this as well, especially since like moving house and and having my own place is this like mindset of like oh well everything's got to be super serious all the time and you've got to be really freaking strict and I feel like often this this mindset blocks us from letting in fun because many of us feel like we shouldn't have fun or do certain things 
because we're now in adulthood and we've got to be really serious all the time. It's like child teen years are over, let's be serious, let's be super professional. Now do not get me wrong, there is times in adulthood where you have to be serious and you have to be like structured with things and you need to have like things in order. I get that, like I can't just be super carefree, for, using my example, like with a house, I can't be super carefree, I've got things to sort, like I get that, there is, we need to have that element to us, but it doesn't need to be like 100% strict and serious, professional, adult life, we need to make sure that we're having like fun and fulfillment and seeking joy as well within that, because if you're never connecting with your inner child and you're never seeking the fun, you're never gonna have that fulfillment or just let your hair down and be carefree sometimes or do the things that bring you joy, even if people are like, oh my God, you shouldn't be doing that as an adult, then you're gonna find it hard to support your food relationship. So the first thing I wanted to say on that is even in adulthood, it is so important to make sure you're still having fun and fulfillment and to kind of sack off this expectation that everything has to be really serious or like the only hobby you can have in adulthood is reading a book because that's really serious. Like if you wanna go to a zoo or you wanna go buy a new plushie or you wanna, you know, paint because you enjoy painting or you wanna dance and sing your heart out in your kitchen or you wanna learn a new instrument or you wanna go hike that freaking mountain, do it because it doesn't matter or if you loved roller skating as a as a child and you want to just give that a go again in adulthood do it it doesn't mean that you're like chat like childish or doesn't mean that you're less adult because you're doing those things if anything it just means you're finding a better balance with life through doing those things so don't let the expectations that i know some part of society is placed upon us in adulthood that we shouldn't do certain things. At the end of the day, you should because having time for fun and play is so important. M more importantly, just for your overall health and happiness within life, but also obviously for your food relationship as well. And also within that, if there's something you enjoy doing that you're not good at or you think you're not good at and you want to do it, still do it. Like I love to paint, like I connect with my inner child so much when I'm painting, like playing music and just like, I find it so fun. And I'm not very good at painting. Like I've not got like this big, I'm creative, but like I won't create like some masterpiece, you know? It's more about just crazy patterns that I'll just paint and it's just fun. That's okay as well. Same as if you're like not the most incredible singer ever and you love to sing, please keep singing. You don't have to be amazing at something to do it. If it brings you fun and fulfillment, still freaking do it. That is such a big part of having a happier and healthier life as well. Within that though, like why does this link to your food relationship? Like why is having fun so fundamental to support healing your food relationship? We'll look at it in a few different examples. If you are somebody who emotionally eats regularly, emotional eating, and once again, with your food relationship, I've said it before on the podcast, my Instagram, and I'll say it again, you cannot heal your food relationship unless you do the subconscious healing. You cannot heal your food relationship unless you shift your mindset. You cannot heal your food relationship unless you do the internal mindset work. You have to do that subconscious healing. It's fundamental. Just by doing this, you'll not heal your food relationship, but it will support you on your journey of it. So make sure 
sure you dedicate that time to doing the subconscious healing and if you need more support within doing that subconscious healing work then please get in touch with me email me dm me on instagram let me know where you're at we can talk about it i can help you get a deeper understanding of what your subconscious roots are that you need to heal we can discuss some ways to kind of help you in doing that inner healing so reach out to me i can support you deeper on that journey that way but what you can also do, and this is just like a little technique that can help, is making sure you're having more fun. But to what I'm saying, if you emotionally eat regularly, there's many things that can trigger emotional eating. But for some people, when you're not getting dopamine, which is that like buzz, fun energy, that happiness and that hit of dopamine in your day-to-day -day life, you're more likely to turn to food. Because less dopamine means less fulfillment, less satisfaction. All of those can then be a driving factor to emotionally eat. They can cause those urges to emotionally eat, whether you're feeling more stressed, more unfulfilled, more like less satisfied, more unhappy because of it, you're more likely to now turn to food. And the thing is, food will give you a hit of dopamine. So if you're just getting dopamine from food, then you're going to get stuck in these cycles of just emotionally eating because it comes your only mechanism. So when you now start going, oh my gosh, I love doing X, Y, Z, it's fun, it's fulfilling, you make time for that regularly you're now getting dopamine from other areas of your life, which then reduces those consistent urges to always turn to food. And also, let's not forget the fact of when you have fun and you do things that are carefree and you play and you feel more fulfilled, you then also support managing emotions. You also then support seeking more joy, seeking other types of emotion, which then also supports your food relationship as well. Of course, it's not about being positive all the time because we're not here for toxic positivity. But if you do things that you find fun and you bring more of that feel good energy in, you're going to support your food relationship as well. So for my emotional eaters out there, find those things that you enjoy and make sure you do them. I've got a few tasks I'm gonna show at the end of the episode as well, linking on from that. Second thing, if you're somebody who experiences like obsession and fixation on numbers, on macros, and you're just tired of thinking about my fitness pal all the time, and all you do is fixate about food, what you're gonna eat, what's the next meal, and you're always stressing around food, having more fun and fulfillment is going to help you as well because when you're in that place of like fixating on numbers macros what i'm going to eat for the next meal food is the only thoughts you've got going off in your head all the time all you're doing is you're fixating on food you're really preoccupied on food because that's what you're putting your energy into if you start pouring your energy into something else because where your energy flows your energy grows and you start pouring it into Oh, well, an example might be you spend so much time in an evening fixating and stressing around food and maybe in an evening you start doing something that you enjoy. What you're doing now is you're pouring your energy into something else and because of that, you're going to reduce fixation on food and increase fixation on something that you actually enjoy because guess what? When you enjoy something, you will put your attention and energy and focus into that because it's something that brings you dopamine and fulfillment. So, this is another reason if you're in that place of really high levels of food fixation, start bringing in these things. Because if you're just thinking about food all the time and not letting yourself do other things, it potentially basically allows you to remove your focus away from food. You're always going to think about it. So we need to put that focus elsewhere and just seek more fun. But also what happens here, more fun, more enjoyment. You also then will notice that 
you you can you kind of start realizing that there's more to life than just stressing around food. <clears throat> For any of my girlies out there who love nature and hiking and being outside, you might resonate to this. If not, you can think of your own example. One thing that I always experience is when I go hiking and we're like hiking up a mountain and we're at the top and I'm like overlooking such a beautiful scene and I just feel it's so breathtaking. One thing, like nearly all the time, I always say to my partner when we were walking back down, I'll always get, you know what's crazy? Like when I'm just stat, like stood like looking at this beautiful scenery on the top of a mountain, I'll always say like, I feel so small and so expansive at the same time. And never once, never once, and obviously, especially when I was working on my food relationship more originally, I don't think about food on my body. I'm so in the moment of doing something that I love and in the moment of taking in the beautiful nature around me that I'd never worry about like what my hair looks like when it's blowing in the wind or I never worry around food or numbers or anything like that because I'm so invested in something that I enjoy that it takes that stress away. And I realise and I have before and I always see it like there's so much more to life than food and the way that we look and these things that we're told by society. So you might relate to that if you're someone who loves like hiking, climbing, um, being outdoors, nature, walking, but maybe there's something else you enjoy. Maybe you love being creative and when you're doing something creative, you forget all of your worries and everything going off and you just get so present in that moment. And you begin to have these realizations of, not that your worries don't matter because your worries do matter, your worries are valid, you know, but you have this realization of, well, society's made me re think that the most important thing about me is my body and I always need to fix up my appearance and I always need to fixate on food and I need to worry about every single thing that I'm eating and this food's good and this food's bad but when you're so in that moment you realize oh my gosh there is so much more to my life than spending every single mental time and capacity and thought and energy that I've got into my body and food there's more to experience here which then also supports reducing that fixation from food. Even if you're somebody, um, another example, you're somebody who like overeats, binge eats quite a lot and you're in those vicious cycles, restrict, binge, guilt, da, 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 that, kind of, that kind of routine, having more fun can help as well. Not only do you get stuck in such a like uh, vicious cycle that now bringing in more fun helps start breaking that cycle and breaking that pattern, but you start reducing food fixation. You reduce those emotional eating urges that are usually stem from the guilt that you feel around food or those restrictive urges that stem from the emotion of guilt. You also now start like, once again, taking your energy away from food, 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 because those cycles, we've got such high food fixation that it obviously makes them worse. We take that away. This is why, and it's not gonna fix and heal your food relationship. I'm not saying, oh, have more fun and fulfillment and your food relationship will be completely healed because there's a subconscious healing. There's so many elements that come to it, nourishing, nutrition, learning how to listen to your body. There's other areas that are so important within it. But if you start bringing in more fun and fulfillment, doing the things that bring you joy, if you start connecting with your inner child, doing things that allow play and that carefree nature, I can say for a guarantee that you will support your food relationship journey. Because the benefits that you get 
from having that balance, aka from being adult, doing the things you need to, like work and having some structure and doing the house chores and all this stuff that comes with adulthood. But then at the same time, you're having this fun fulfillment and play. I guarantee from that balance, you'll notice a lot of support in your food relationship. Because if every single day is stressed, overwhelmed, really strict, really professional, really regimented, um, really overwhelming, unfulfilling, boring, miserable, anything like that, and it feels like you're in that never-ending rut, the urges to like turn to food emotionally, fixate on food, they just get higher, restrict food, these unhealthy behaviours just increase. Whereas when you start finding that balance of doing those things, but making sure that you're having the fun and the play and the fulfilment and the joy and the carefree nature regularly, you will then support your food relationship. The best thing I would go away and do, write down some things that you enjoy doing. Write down some things that bring you fulfillment. Write down some things you enjoyed when you were younger that can help you connect with your inner child. Write down the things that when you do, you get so focused on it that you just forget about anything else. Write down the things that you actually love doing, your hobbies, your interests, your things that you want to learn or do. And I want you to go, am I actually doing these regularly? And if you're not, how can I? what am I going to do to make sure I bring them in regularly can you set a time every week and we have an hour just to do something for yourself every night can you do one thing that you enjoy whatever works for you plan it in and start doing those things and even if right now and I relate this is why I'm going to bring it up you don't feel deserving of doing those things for yourself I still want you to go step out your comfort zone and give them a go I say that because I know there was a time for me where my relationship myself was so poor I was like I don't feel deserving of going for that hike or I was so low confident and I remember there's times where I've gone like hiking and I didn't have anyone to go with by the way I see hiking I was not climbing a mountain like drastically I was just like climbing up here in a really safe way I'd not like climb a mountain on my own but I was like oh I don't want to go for that like walk up that mountain on my own and I'm not confident enough to do it I still went and did it so even if you don't feel deserving of it or there's something you want to do but you've got you've not got someone to go do it with let yourself try give it a go on your own I know it's nervy and it's scary and I tell you that from experience remember the first like um hike I did on my own I was terrified but I felt so good for it afterwards because even if you've not got someone to do something whether you don't feel deserving of it the only way that you're going to seek more of that fun and fulfillment and teach your brain that you're worthy of doing it and it actually feels really good to do it is by going to do it you either go I'm not deserving I've got no one to do it with I'm not going to do it or even if there's a part of my brain and the inner critic makes me think I'm not deserving or makes me feel like I'm not confident on my own I'm going to ignore that and I'm going to let myself go do it. I'm going to prove to myself that I am capable of doing it. Even if something's more like it brings you fulfillment to go around and look at homeware. Oh my gosh, the, the autumn and Halloween homeware right now is giving me life, but that is so off topic. But you like going around the shops on your own, like going to have a look around stuff, but you don't want to go on your own. Maybe just challenge yourself to go, I'm going to go have a look around, I don't know, for my UK girlies, the range. I'm going to go have a look around there and I'm going to challenge myself to go on my own. And that means you're now stepping out of your comfort zone to allow more fun and fulfillment. And all of a sudden you're going to find it easier to bring it in. That's just something I want to say because I know sometimes it can feel hard to want to do these things if we don't feel deserving of it. And it's not that you can't do them, it's your brain saying you're not worthy of doing it, which holds you back from doing it. First of all, you're so worthy of doing it. 
like so freaking worthy but the best way to increase that sense of worth is by stepping out your comfort zone and doing it anyway even if that inner critic says oh you know you're not worthy of going for that walk on your own going actually I am or that inner critic goes oh you're not worthy of doing you know putting that playlist on and singing because you know you're not good enough no I'm gonna do it let yourself step out your comfort zone and it'll really help so make that list feel free to let me know over on my Instagram what things come up for you that you enjoy that you're going to be implementing I do hope that this episode was useful for yourself go away and implement those bits that I've gone through and if you do want some more support on this and that subconscious healing work combining the subconscious healing work which is so fundamental you'll never heal your food relationship unless you do it and finding techniques and ways to support your food relationship and your body image dm me email me, let's chat, find ways that we can support you so you can flourish and find more food freedom in the next few months. So you can go into 2024, which I can't believe I'm saying, with food freaking freedom, which is so possible by the way. Start now, you'll thank yourself by Christmas for the freedom that you'll have achieved. More support with it, get in touch with me, um, drop me a DM and we can discuss that as well. But thank you so much for joining me. Go have an amazing week and I will speak to you all in the next episode.